Contentment is that state of happiness or satisfaction. Adam Hamilton, the pastor of the largest Methodist church in the United States, he asked these questions about contentment. His question is, what tent do you live in? Will you live in discontentment or will you live in contentment? These past weeks in our stewardship series, I've shared with you a lot of Hamilton's ideas on surviving a crisis, on biblical wisdom, and finance. Today, we explore contentment. Contentment is the key to our living. For many, the desire to have more and more, it's consuming. You can reach a point where you look around at all your surroundings, and you feel just overwhelmed by the sheer number of things. There comes a time for separating our wants from our needs. I have a feeling we can all identify with things that we want, but that we don't necessarily need. In our home, I actually have this list of things we want. The problem is, when we look at that want list, and then we have to ask ourselves, do we really need the things on that list. One of the things, Sarah will like this one on the list, one of the things on my want list is a new television. Now we have a perfectly fine television in our family room, yet I have to admit, I want a new one. I want one that's a little bigger. I want a flat screen with HD and some of those bells and whistles they have now. It doesn't have to be too big, because it still has to fit in our cabinet. Yet a new television is something we really don't need at this time. First off, we don't spend that much time watching TV, and for what we do, that picture is just fine. The picture's just fine on our old-fashioned TV. That's what the movers called our TV. <laughs> the estimator came to do a survey of everything we belong, everything we owned to see what was going to fit in the truck. He took a look at our TV and he reached behind and he reached a little further to get to the back of the TV tube. And he looked at us and he said, oh, you have an old-fashioned TV. And if that didn't feel like a judgment call, I don't know what does. He was kind of speaking for society. Society tells us we need something new and it has to be updated. There's nothing wrong with the old. In fact, sometimes it's okay. It's okay to be content with our possessions, whether it's small in number, whether it's worn, whether its tube goes all the way to the back of a cabinet. It would make it easier to dust. That would be a positive. In the scriptures that we read this morning, from both the Old and the New Testaments, we heard advice, we heard warnings concerning money and our possessions. Ecclesiastes warns us there's no permanent enduring benefit to be gained from acquiring great power or great wealth. Hebrews, it warned us about the love of money. The Gospel of Matthew gave advice on concerning our treasures, not to store them where the moth and the rust will consume them. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And then in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus speaks the words, life does not exist by the abundance of possessions. 
the world tells us that that's not true. We're told if you have more, you're going to be happier. That our lives exist in having an abundance of our possessions. We're told to get the nicer car, new clothes, the bigger house, the latest toy. In the Gospels, Jesus is shouting against what society is telling us. John McIntosh was a 18th, 19th century Scottish philosopher and politician, and he said, it is right to be contented with what we have, but never with what we are. We're meant to be discontented with who we are and to strive for more than what we are today. As followers of Christ, we seek to have a better prayer life, to pursue more justice, to love more people tomorrow than what we do today, and to grow in Christ's strength and his grace. Yet we're content in other areas. We're content with our relationship with God. We're content with how much time we spend in prayer. We're content with our attitude of worship. We're content with how much we read the Bible, our friendships, and how much we love other people. We're content with all the wrong things. In the struggle with content and discontent, Hamilton offers the term restless heart syndrome. Perhaps you've heard of restless leg syndrome when your leg twitches or has contractions all on its own. Restless heart syndrome is the same way, but it's in our heart or in our soul. Its primary symptom is discontent. We find we're never satisfied with anything. The moment we acquire something, we scarcely take time to enjoy it before we want something else. We're restless. We're constantly discontented. There's a certain discontentment, though. There's a certain discontentment that God intends us to have. God actually made it so our hearts, so that they would be discontent with certain things, causing us to seek that one who can satisfy us. We're meant to yearn to know God more and more, to cultivate a deeper prayer life, to pursue justice and holiness. We're supposed to call and love others. We're supposed to grow in grace and character and wisdom with each passing day. Problem is that those things that we should be content with are the very things that we find ourselves discontented with. For example, we find ourselves discontented with stuff, with our jobs, with our church, with our children, and with our spouse. God must look down at us and feel the same way we do when you give a very special gift to a very special person, and you know they plan on returning it as soon as they can. With our discontent, it's as if we're saying to God, I really don't like what you've given me, and I want to trade it in for something better, something better than what you first gave me. The Apostle Paul, he's an excellent example of contentment. 
In his letter to the Philippines, we read the secret of his contentment. He says, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. And any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of well-being, of being well-being, and of going hungry, of having plenty, and being in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like Paul, we can learn to be content in whatever circumstances we might find ourselves. Paul, arrested and housed in a cell, he found contentment. He shared his contentment in those words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Four keys, which include the secret Paul referred to in this letter, they can help us do that. They can help us find contentment. First, there's four words that we should say whenever we find ourselves discontented with something or someone. Those words are, it could be worse. This is essentially embracing the practice of looking on the bright side, of finding the silver lining. It's recognizing that no matter what we may not like about a thing or a person or a circumstance, we can always find something good to focus on if we choose to do so. The second key is to ask this question, for how long will this make me happy? Too often we buy something thinking it will make us happy only to find out that happiness lasts about how long it takes to open the box. If we didn't feel that way, we wouldn't have rummage sales with all that stuff that we've bought that we're trying to get rid of. There's the moment of satisfaction when we make a purchase, but the item doesn't continue to bring satisfaction over a long period of time. Many of the things we buy, they're simply not worth the expense. Third is developing a grateful heart. Gratitude is essential if we're to be content. The Apostle Paul, he said that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. A grateful heart, it recognizes that all of life is a gift. Contentment comes when we spend more time giving thanks for what we have than thinking about what's missing or wrong in our lives. The fourth key is in the answer to the question, where does your soul find true satisfaction? The world answers this question by telling us that we can find satisfaction and ease and luxury and comfort and money. The Bible, however, answers the question very differently. It tells us we find our satisfaction in God alone. We need to be connected to the creator of the universe. We need to know that we are loved unconditionally. In our lives is grace and mercy, and there is hope in even the darkest circumstances. Jesus said the two most important things that we need to do are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself, as yourself. If we keep our focus on those two things, 
will find satisfaction in our souls and lasting contentment. If we have those two things, we have everything. In addition to cultivating commitment in our lives, we also need to cultivate simplicity. Contentment and simplicity go hand in hand. Simplicity means setting a goal to reduce our consumption or to live below our means. Simplicity is asking yourself, do I really need this and why do I want it? Simplicity is using something up before buying something new. Simplicity is asking yourself if there are major changes that would allow yourself to simplify your life. Simplifying life is the practice of self-control. Solomon wrote, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. When a city's walls are broken through, there's no protection. Someone can come right in and destroy it. There's no protection. Likewise, self-control is that wall around your heart and your life that protects you. It protects you from yourself, from temptation, and from sins that can destroy you. Self-control is the protection of making good choices. So the question is, for us today, will you live in discontent or will you live in contentment? In which tent will you choose to live? You and you alone are the only one who can determine that. You choose by deciding what life is about. If you decide that life does not consist of abundance of possessions, then you're choosing contentment. Contentment means we look to God as our source, giving thanks for everything that we have. We ask God to give us the right perspective on money, on possessions, and we change our hearts each day. We decide to live simpler lives, wasting less, conserving more. And we also choose to give generously. There are things we can do to find contentment, and we've been looking at them today. Be people of God, be people who love God and love one another. Be content. Amen.